0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's Community Access Media Organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz.
1: Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre. In the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street or you can phone us on 838 1838 this is your link between this life and the next become the change the world needs today can you help me- Greetings, I am Barry. This is The Voice in for another week. So the last couple of weeks we've been dedicated to the the worldwide drumming event that happened on the 8th of the 8th. Um, and the guy who sort of put most of it together was a guy called Jim Greywolf Petrucci in America, but there was another big group in Holland who uh, also assisted and did the same thing sort of across Europe. Um and I've seen some of the videos and there's hundreds and hundreds of people on the beaches in, in Europe all drumming at the same time magical stuff so anyway here's, a, um, here's an interview with, with Grey Wolf Jim Petrucci.
2: We are very pleased to welcome with us this afternoon, Jim Greywolf Petruzzi. Um, He is the United Western Lenape chief ambassador and a teacher, guide and ceremonialist at the White Otter Academy. Jim has a long history of activism, having marched with Dr Martin Luther King and protested against the Vietnam War. Now his focus is primarily climate change and the unity and collaboration needed to make the necessary changes a reality. This began with Standing Rock and the Water is Life movement. If you have any questions, please put them in the chat and we will offer them up during the session. So. Good morning, Jim. It's lovely to see you. How are you? Good morning. I'm great.
3: It is uh, it is a beautiful morning here. It's sunny and an eagle just flew by. So I think that's a good omen for us.
2: That's lovely. That's lovely. So I understand that you have brought with you uh, on the telephone Pine Ridge community, as they don't have internet. Um, so I'd like to offer out a warm welcome to them as well. Uh, Let everybody know that they are with us today. And um, if there's anything that they want to ask or add in, then obviously they'll be doing that through you, Jim. But it's a great pleasure to to welcome them with us today.
3: Um, Yeah, I I appreciate that. They they follow many of the things we do. This this small group of friends there, yeah, they don't have good internet. So um, they are listening in. They now have 21 people there. So they're ready for us. (laughs)
2: Fantastic. So that's a really good example of how you bring communities together and use uh, the virtual um, format, which is sort of what your uh, focus is today. Um, so it all started with Standing Rock. Can you sort of sort of tell us where why that came about, how that came about, what what that was all about, really?
3: Uh, yeah, I can. Um, to place me into the time there. I had traveled around for a lot of years, more than I like to remember, living with different cultures and learning their ways. I am Romani Gypsy by birth and Native American blood, as you mentioned. So, yeah, I'm a mongrel. Um, when Standing Rock started, nobody was hearing anything. Uh, it wasn't mentioned in the mainstream media, of course, if it was. The information was misleading or completely false. So I got a phone call from a few people in Pine Ridge, actually, not Standing Rock, that I knew. Um, My adoptive father was from there. So um, I really didn't want to lead a virtual group. I had other virtual groups I was already doing. So at first I said no. And then I got a second call by other elders and I said, okay, you know, I'll do the best I can. I, I just, you know, I don't know what's what's involved. Um, anyway, I, I put a group up and put Standing Rock protectors, because we wanted to emphasize the point that they were protect, protecting their land and their resources. Uh, and then also protesting the fact of the way this was being done. Not too long after that, I, I don't know, a couple months maybe, uh, I was in touch with the people in Standing Rock, and I went up and met with LaDonna um, and her husband, Miles. <clears throat> and we sat there. Um, she gave my wife and I passes to to uh, record people. So I have a lot of uh, recordings of different folks who were there. And her big thing was, please just do anything you can to get the word out. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do anything false. Um, keep it calm, keep it peaceful. A big thing was keep it peaceful. And so I went back and by then we already had about 20,000 people in the group quickly. That grew to about 160,000 people globally. And I think I had nine or 10 admins working with me at that point. Um, So we were on 24 seven, literally adding people, commenting, getting things from standing rock, getting a ton of questions from, people around the world who didn't even know um, anything, didn't even know about a reservation. So that's that's kind of how it started from my end.
2: Yeah, similar sort of stories that we were hearing Indra, Indra speaking earlier about, um, <laughs> you know, when you're there in the thick of it, n- the news doesn't get out and what news does get out is not very balanced quite often. <laughs> um, and it's also to make sure that that you know, we hear what's going on. Um, there was a we are the media, I like that phrase. So, so yeah, what's what that mean for you? Why does that come about in you know, that the, the fact that we need to be our own voice?
3: Yes, um, well, again, there was no coverage being given except it was fake news before fake news was even a term, um, and so. I tried to connect up with various media of the mainstream to get them to cover some of what was going on and quickly realized it wasn't gonna happen. There was a concerted effort to not have it covered. So um, I was sitting there one night chatting with somebody, um, one of the other people running the group. And I said, you know, it's very clear, we have to do this. We have to be the media. I said, oh, that's, that's a good catchy little phrase. We are the media, we can't wait for media to cover it, who will not. Um, so that's where we are the media came from.
2: So, um, we sort of see, you now um, progressing even further with, I'm mean, going that's not really, I suppose standing rock isn't climate change per se. Mm-hmm. But it is certainly land environment based. Um, so where where is the emphasis for you now? What do you, you think?
3: Yeah, um, actually, in many ways, these things are all connected. Um, Standing Rock is climate change in the point that we have um, fossil fuel pipelines were the issue, going under the rivers. And if one of those breaks there, that would affect nine states in this country. So in one way, it was climate change. Um, climate change though, to me, is, is the elephant in the middle of the room. You know, it's, um, we've got our other issues, your issues, my issues, climate change is the one we have to deal with or rest of the issues won't mean very much. So I, I, yeah, I moved from standing rock. I didn't move away from them. I'm still involved with them. We still have, I think 130,000 people in the group working on those issues. Um, but I started adding more climate change to my personal agenda and realized also that we needed to unite more. We've got like a thousand points in the sky, everybody doing great work, but we're wasting too much time and energy, in my mind, by not uniting into into um, balls, that circles that connect and make sense. So that our efforts become more um, direct, more focused, because just like at Standing Rock, the media was never going to help. Um, in my opinion, right now, the leaders we have worldwide, they're not going to help. If we wait for them on climate change or any of these or even social justice, um, we'll probably be all dead and gone long before they act. So now we have to become the change and, and we're seeing it. Uh, I, I paid attention quickly to the young people who were standing up. And early on, I had some seen some things like about uh, Greta Thunberg. And I thought, wow, if these young people can do that part, like we were so many years ago, we need to stand behind them now. And so uniting people, standing behind the young people and dealing with climate change to me is, is just, is huge.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, um, absolutely. Uh, I think that's very much a a theme of a lot of the talks here as well is this need for us all to be on the same page it doesn't matter whether we believe slightly differently or if really our own agendas have to be taken out of the picture and that we've got this one thing that really should bring us all together um and that we all need to work together uh and that ultimately it is for the next generations. So, I mean, whatever it is that we do, we are the legacy for our children's children and their children. Um, and it's probably about time they were listened to, don't you think?
3: <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, you mentioned in introducing me that, you know, I was at, uh, been around a while, earned these gray hairs. Uh, I marched with Dr. King. I was just a puppy, I was a teenager. Uh, I fought against the Vietnam War. I did all those things back then. The big difference that I see is back then we had nobody supporting us. We were being told by our elders to shut up, sit down and be nice. Um, And I'm not even pointing a finger at them. That's the way the world was then. We have changed dramatically. Now, as we have people standing up, some of we who are older, we're here. We know, we understand, we are the support. We are the, back, the backbone of this. And so I think that's really a, an incredibly huge difference. That and there's so many more people involved. You know, these were all splinter efforts back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, they, they took root and they grew and they, they set the stage for what's going on now. But just like we look back um, to those times, I look back to Dr. King, to some of the other people involved. And I say, thank you for what you did. You know, I'm your seventh generation or whatever. Um, you've got a great point. I want seven generations from now, um, to look back and say, thank you. Thank you for what you did then and not damn you for putting us in this place now. That's really important.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also for the, for the younger generations this medium that we're on now this is this is their world you know they they know this stuff yeah. they've lived they lived with this so they've been born into it almost yeah. um uh, and i think that's another big difference isn't it that um back i mean it, it, in 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 my day you know there's no way you would hear about what was going on on the other side of the world you you just wouldn't um i know how Standing Rock affected me and the fact that it, it came out on that world platform. And it's like, no, 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 we can't let this happen. And and it's not just that. But I think, you know, for a lot of us, I certainly was sitting in a place with all of this going on around us going, feeling hopeless, feeling pretty pointless. Um, uh, what can we do? How can we help? Um, it's never going to end And then not only do you see something happening several thousand miles away, but you see thousands of people from around the world going, yeah, we all feel the same. And then you're doing it in prayer and you're doing it peacefully and you're standing in the front very much like Indra was saying earlier that whilst there is brutality in front of you and no matter what they're doing to you, here is this line of peaceful, heart-filled people. And I just went, right, okay, you're not a lost cause anymore, human race. I will stand up because I'd pretty much given up on the human race, thought, well, you're damned. Um, so I think this is a fantastic medium to get the word out and to get people together. Um, and it's just absolutely fabulous. I am I'm quite wide wowed out to be a part of all of this, quite frankly. <laughs>
3: Yeah, um, so am I, and I was, my teachers always told me I would be here when this time came, and I was getting old enough, I was starting to think, hmm, maybe they were wrong. Uh, turns out they were not. And here we are, um, playing our role in this, and um, moving things ahead, and you're, you're absolutely right, it is not uh, pointless, it is not um, all dire and dread. Uh, Sometimes the messages come out that way, and that I think that's a mistake. There's um, the whole global element. You're absolutely right. When Standing Rock started, suddenly we were being contacted by groups, indigenous and non-indigenous around the world. Uh, Great Britain was actually one place um, that was right in in the forefront of that. I think we must've had a dozen groups around Great Britain contact us early on and say, hey, what's going on there? Can we do it that way? And then we started to see things popping up over there Uh, And things about um, sacred sites. Um, So that's why I was so interested when you all came. A few years before uh, Standing Rock was my, I guess, probably my last trip to Great Britain so far. Um, And before I came over, I had asked permission to go into Stonehenge and do some ceremony. And I was absolutely amazed when they gave permission. And I was allowed to bring, I think, about 15 people in with me. Uh, And our large drum, our ceremonial drum. And I was told I would be able to to open um, my pipe and have a fire in there. So I was in there. We did these ceremonies. Uh, They're recorded. Actually, I think uh, Danny and Antigua are probably listening right now. They were in there with us. Um, And then there was another 30 or 40 people around it. The energy of that in person was absolutely incredible. And I'd been to Stonehenge many times, but never done anything like this, of course. Um, It's equally important as we use the social media, which obviously I use a lot. I had to learn it because like you, it wasn't here when I came up. Um, But it's equally important to be at these places and or to see these places. We have to be able to feel them, smell them, touch them. That's a whole different level of connection. And so I think that's one, too, because the spiritual part of this is just as important important as the other parts. Um, I had a model that I've used before, if I can remember what I had. But anyway, it's action, prayer, education and ceremony. To me, those are the four components that we really need to fight this battle. Um, and we need to do it together. You know, you were mentioning... All people coming together. That's the point of the medicine wheel. There's the four colors of people. Uh, every other color is, is a mix. You know, I'm Mediterranean, so I guess I'm green. I don't know. Um, yes, I, I think that that um knowing we can win this
4: mm-hmm.
3: is the critical piece. All the prophecies that talked about this time, prophecies of so many different cultures. Um, talk about how it's going to be our decision now. Do we live or die as a species? Mm -hmm. We have have the ability to live. We are coming together. I see it more and more. When Standing Rock first started, um, my wife and I drove up there to be there for a while. And I remember going in, we stopped at a little uh, lunch net, have a bite to eat in the town up above. Uh, Actually, the town that the pipelines originally were going to go by until they remembered whoops there's white people in this town and then they moved them so we were sitting there having this lunch and there were people at another table talking about what was going on Uh, again it's fairly early on and i'm hearing comments like uh, i mean just despicable comments like well you know it's just a bunch of indians over there in the land no one's going to pay any attention to them that was the mentality standing rock um Scared the heck of and woke up a lot of people. The um, mainstream never expected that kind of reaction. And so now it gets a, a little harder. The attacks against people physically and uh, online uh, happen more and more and more. We saw it a lot at Standing Rock. And, and we remind people of that, especially the young people, because it, it does um, it does happen. Yeah. And we just have to be ready for it. Is part of it. I see somebody's asking in there for the link to the Stonehenge ceremony. I yeah. will put. I will put that up. I'll put it on the site later. Fantastic. That'll be great. We can share that out to people. Okay.
0: I, I really interesting to hear you talking about kind of the the work that you're doing now, and with what you had said to do with your own early experience involved with different protest campaigns. That everything was very splintered, and there wasn 't as much support from from the elder generations then and hearing with the the work that you 're doing now um, it sounds very much like a, a big focus is about that bringing it together and providing that elder support and I was just wondering what uh, what support you see as being really important to different groups that are um, that are kind of bringing about change and how, what, what are ways that people can support different change movements, um, particularly with online, but but more generally with, with your experience?
3: Mm. That's a great question. I think in general, um, I see myself and other people who have you know done like I haven't and kicked around and made tons of mistakes and done some things right and just acquired a bunch of, knowledge. Um, Being a library, I'm a library with all these books put in me by all these different people. Before I go and head back to the spirit realm, I want to make sure I've given those books back out, especially Mm -hmm. to the young people so that we don't keep repeating the same mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. We're human. Let's make some new ones. Mm -hmm. Let's not repeat the old ones. There's, there's no time for that. Um, so I think that's really important. I think combining all the peoples, and there's some really excellent people talking about this now, all the different cultures, uh, especially indigenous people, because the indigenous cultures still live much closer to the earth. Now I have some indigenous blood, but I didn't grow up. Um, I didn't even know I had that blood until I did DNA tests some years back, um, But they do have that understanding of the earth. So we have young people, we have indigenous people, and then they have all of us. So sharing our cultures, not being afraid to share our cultures, share them um, in a good way, respectfully, um, but share what we're doing. And, And you'll see a bunch of people online now, understanding that. I think another critical one goes back to the young people, not just giving to them what we have, but listening. Mm-hmm. Really listening mm-hmm. I know elders in the past would say to me Jim, you know Even our own young people don't come and listen to us anymore Well, yeah Because they expected The old way um, Where they would sit and talk And talk and talk That doesn't work anymore Especially um, As Louisa was saying With this virtual realm You want to hear everybody mm-hmm. So when we do circles on here we have everybody on, young, old, the four colors. Everybody gets a chance to speak. And everyone has something to add to the um, discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think that's some of the things that occur to me anyway. No, fantastic. Fantastic.
1: Anima and rivers of creation, (laughs) which is what it's all about, standing rock rivers. Um, But then there's sacred sites like Ihamato. It's a worldwide problem, you see. So we're back to Jim.
0: Uh, You mentioned as well there to do with the protection of sacred sites. And obviously there's a lot of discussion that we're having here to do with the protection of Stonehenge. And it's great to hear your connection with Stonehenge. But uh, can you tell us a bit more about what's what's kind of happening over there in terms of the need for protecting sacred sites?
3: Yeah, um, that's been an ongoing battle, uh, as it is in many places, not just there and here. Here, uh, a lot of the sacred sites are under assault once again. We just had an administration for four years that valued absolutely nothing at all. Sacred, non-sacred, it doesn't matter, life, anything. That's my impression anyway, and the impression of many so many uh the sacred sites the uh, mining interests were allowed to use them or were starting to be given permission to do so foreign co- countries and companies were being able to acquire them uh, apache flats comes to mind in the southwest but i can i can go on and on there's a whole list um Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. But if you Google, you'll find a whole list of sacred sites here, mostly Native American, but not all Native American. Um, Sites that we really need. I think we need to protect all these sites globally. And there's another place I would love to see us come together. And these things are so interconnected. Climate change, sacred sites, um, social justice. We've got to be doing them all to make it effective for the kind of change we need. And so when I first heard about your organization, I went, wow, there's something evolving around Stone Edge that I have a personal connection to. But I didn't even need to have that personal connection. I could have looked and I would have said, "Now that makes sense. We need these places. We can't allow them to be taken away. And so again, it's up to us. All these things are up to us, the people, the mass of people. Those of us who um, are the population of Earth, who are not doing all we can to destroy it, are 97 or 98%. That's an overwhelming majority. Now, not all believe in what we're doing. Of course, we have the naysayers. We always will. But we can make this change if we continue to work together. And I see us doing that. Being here today and this amazing uh, conference you put together for two days is is just another example of how we're doing that.
2: Yeah, quite, quite agree. And, um, I was just sort of thinking, uh, listening to you, there's lots of things going around in my head when I'm sitting there listening to you. because so I can ask 101 questions. Um, but, um, one of them is, is, I mean, obviously this is the work that we need to do, but I mean, I see a relate, a real relationship between, um, our lack of, the opportunity to have a connection with nature. I mean, as you've mentioned with the, with the indigenous peoples, they've grown up actually living much more in tune with nature. But we have millions of people that are grown up in uh, tarmac and concrete. They don't know. I mean, we've had in lockdown here, so many people moaning about people who go out and leave their litter and uh, behave in a disrespectful manner. And obviously they're going to because they don't have a relationship. Um, so one of the main things is how do we really start to, uh, teach people, remind people what that relationship is. It's, you know, I mean, I know for me, it's, it's fine. I live in the country. I, I've had therefore a level of relationship always with nature, um, but we take it for granted. There's plenty of people who wouldn't even know what it was. If they get to see a tree, they're lucky. Um, so, yeah, what do, what do you think is, is the, the you know, ways we can really help on that level?
3: Yeah, um, these are really good questions. I mean, we could do a show on each one of these questions. are so deep. Um, it is and can be difficult. You're right. For years in in the nineties, I lived in Colorado uh, and I did again recently. Um, I ran an environmental learning center for Colorado State University. We brought groups of kids in to that place for teaching. Uh, I had connected with a lot of Native American friends there. Uh, and we also did some cross-cultural programming, but mostly it was to get young people in the nature. We brought kids up from Denver only 60 miles away from where this was, who like you said, had never stepped off a cement walkway. This is Colorado. Colorado is all nature. And so one of the things we did there was we combined efforts. I was teaching at the university. I had friends teaching um, in the K-12 system. I had other friends who were running um, youth course and we would bring them all together to work together and learn together that was a really, um, excellent model, not too easy to do. It works because we all knew each other in these different venues and the school system was supportive, but any place, again, that we can bring people together, um, to experience these things, I think is, is great. That's the education part of, of what I was saying. Um, so it's apex. Somebody I see asked in the, there's great questions showing up there. I hope we get to a few of them. Um, and I've got some from Frank coming from Pine Ridge. This is great, people. I hope we're uh, hitting some points. Well, there um, are some questions there. Yeah, there's
0: uh, just this one here from Carlotta, uh, I guess you mentioned earlier to do with um, giving, um, you know, recognizing kind of the indigenous peoples and what wisdom and knowledge they have in terms of holding the sacred and that connection with the land. And there's this mm-hmm. question here from Carlotta, of uh, how do you think young people from the West and from European countries can best support the struggles and movements of indigenous peoples around the world?
3: Wow. Um, start by listening to programs like this and spending a couple of days in, in, in conferences and, and retreats like this so you start to understand some of the issues. It's um, not that hard with the virtual realm it's really not look around go on facebook and look for some um groups that might interest you or some of the other social media i know the young people now have moved into other social media platforms that i don't even use mm-hmm. find some of those groups and hook up and then start doing your homework um for me when i started learning from native american folks it was a long time ago not just native american but other indigenous groups including some of my trips to great britain i learned from some brits over there too who were connected way 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 back um you, you don't really have to go far you can start to find interesting things and then put your questions out there and then pay attention you know there's an old line um when the student is ready, ready, the teacher will appear. That's how it happened to me. I'd been kicking around doing a lot of this. I wanted to know more. I wanted to help. When I got to Colorado State around 1990, I guess, uh, I'd already done quite a bit and worked with a few different groups of people. But then suddenly I had um, people show up at the center and invite me into things and just started teaching me and I didn't even realize what was going on. It was just what I did every day. And then I started going to Central America and I and I met in with some Mayan folks. So then you have to let it happen. But you have to do some legwork, you know, get out there, connect in with things. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to make uh, mistakes. Um, some may even get angry at you. I know they did to me, but when I was young and doing those things, you didn't see very many um, people who look like me mixed into the indigenous groups and, and Some of them didn't want that. I get that. You know, that's fine. We all have our things we're going through, but don't be afraid to ask. Always be respectful and you will be taught. You will be taught. We have more and more now indigenous folks showing up um, like I am to share what they know Uh, and people who are many, many years back. My my chief, um, Chief Two Dog, he and I do radio shows together and We've paused for a bit, but we bring people on and we discuss these issues. Well, he's connected way back. Um so it's that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Thinking of Chief Phil Lane is all over uh, the internet. Phil is a is a great person. So there's there's a lot of places and people you can connect him with.
0: Oh fantastic. Well hopefully we'll get some of those links to some of those things like the radio show that we can share with um the the mm-hmm. audience here. And particularly on that point of listening to Indigenous people, you said there were some questions there from Pine Ridge. Uh,
3: Did you want to? Yeah, okay. So first of all, from Frank, he's he's thanking everybody involved here. And they're glad to be listening, and they're actually hearing quite well, so that's good. Um, Frank is mentioning some of the difficult times when Standing Rock was going on. And he and some of the, his folks were up there for most of Pine Ridge. Uh, I think they went up maybe a few months after it started. And they got attacked um, first by the local people. I think that was pretty well documented. And then by the um, supposed law enforcement that was involved. But then he he's, he's the first one who put me aware of some of the internal attacks that were happening. And so he just wanted me to mention that. To those who are now fighting these efforts, be aware those things um, will happen. And whenever you're making waves, when, when the establishment hears things like change, peace, oh, my God, unity. Oh, they get very, very nervous. They get scared because they see what's happening. Um, we all saw the millions of people who, who were marching in the streets right before the pandemic started. Interesting timing. Um, that'll be happening again. And so you can't let it put you off. It will disturb you. We're humans. I had so many things thrown at me when I was involved from um, not being read to being too red, to being too old to all kinds of stories made up. Why? I mean, awful malicious stories that made no sense. They were things I supposedly did in places I was never even at. And that was just me. I mean, it happened to tons of people and many much worse than myself. So you have to be aware of that and don't accept the lies. You know, it's the same page that people in politics have been using lately. Our former oh that feels so good former president (laughs) is the king of lies and we have other world leaders the same way that's what was being done and will be done again um just when we stick together and when these things come up we have to talk about them excuse me my allergies are really bad i apologize oh good okay so i'm seeing lots of things here and um Carlotta, you're very welcome. I'm I'm glad that answered your question. What else do you want to take off of there, Jonathan? You were
2: were talking then uh, and actually thinking back to your four points of action, prayer, education, Mm. and ceremony. I'm wondering, with that point about having to face the stuff that's thrown at you that isn't pleasant and still remain in good heart, uh, I mean, I certainly think that I find, but do Mm -hmm. you... Think that that is really where the prayer and the ceremony comes into <clears> its <throat> own, in that it helps you to be able to maintain that heart and and not uh, I don't know fall foul of your anger or lose lose that strength if you like if you're doing it from prayer and ceremony.
3: Yes, I think that's a good part of it. Um, when that starts to happen again, being human, of course, it, it hits us even when you even when you know it's coming and you've lived through it before. Uh, and then the lies start and then you see some people within what you're doing begin to believe the lies again very much what was happening in the last four years over here. Um it's kind of hard to deal with. And then when they add in your family and friends and start making up stories about them too, because they will do or say anything, to try to stop what's going on. The more visible you get the bigger target on your back. That's a given. You guys have probably learned it all already. And if you haven't, I'm sure you will. That's just the nature of it. And it's, it is the prayer and the ceremony that helps uh, a lot. Um, the education can help people understand that these lies are out there. Don't believe everything you hear. The big, <laughs> the big word, we used to, those of us attacked, they, they, there's some document was created with a whole bunch of us in it who were supposedly these evil beings. Um, the education piece, yeah, we would laugh about. Okay, how do we get the message through? How do we let people know this is happening? Because we can't afford to be Mm sidetracked. Exactly what they want is people fighting with people. And the biggest justification for some of this was these people would come on and say, well, I heard that. And then they would come up with some ridiculous claim. That was it. That was all they had for, I guess it's more than some of our politicians have, but it's that's what they base these things on. The big lie, unfortunately, works with some humans. Um, so we have to avoid that. Keep going, do the ceremony, send the prayers up, teach. Teach every step of the way. We're teaching today. I mean, we're sharing thoughts and ideas, but we're also teaching.
2: Absolutely. Totally agree. Is there any more questions there, Jonathan?
0: There's a lot of gratitude in the chat for your answers and for the depth that you've given and, and, and sharing the experience in there from people. Is there any other questions coming in down the bottom here?
3: Here's one more from uh, Pine Ridge, if I may. Yeah, please. This is from the young people in the group. They have 22 people there now and 12 of them at the moment are young people. Which to them is teens on down to their youngest person. There is seven. Okay, so they're saying um, they want to continue connect with all young people, and they've done a good job of that. The young people are connecting. They're not looking at what color they are, what gender they are, how old they are. Nothing. So they they're saying, please tell everyone. To yes, speak with us Don't speak down to us Don't speak up to us Speak with us mm-hmm. So I like that that's, I think that's um, When we talk now We have to put aside what we are mm-hmm. Put that over in the corner When you go into ceremony You're supposed to leave everything in, the, in a basket outside All your worries, all your issues You leave it in the worry basket That's what we need to do right now So we can sit like this and talk even when we disagree, most important, when we disagree. We don't have to agree all the time, but we have to solve these issues. And then if we want to go back to being goofy humans and fighting with each other over color of our skin or how we style our hair, okay, go do it if that makes you happy, but not right now.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: So go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Jonathan, but I wanted to hit the young people here.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. And it kind of brings in that point of you know, the, the focus being – if we are going to kind of make the change, it's going to be together. And as much as we can be doing to unify and, uh, and across these boundaries that there are to be working together, despite whatever efforts there are to splinter things up, that's incredibly important. And I, I know you've mentioned before about the focus on unifying uh, groups as much as possible intergenerationally um, and a- across uh, kind of different places as well as being a focus of, of what you're doing.
3: Yeah, I I think, uh, oh, good, we have a few minutes. I I just put in there um, somebody, Vicki. Oh, dear, Vicki Stinchcomb. Did I get that right? Did I get close? Yep. Okay. Sounds about right. Okay. She has a question about pace. I think that's a really good question, Uh, and it's coming up a lot. She says, we're in an emergency, but it feels wrong to rush and put pressure on I advocate slow, but in the unknown, I understand hurry. That is a dilemma for many people. Many of the young people now want to function in just the action part of that four-stage model that I thought up a while back. Uh, And I understand that. I truly understand that. That's how we were in the 60s as well. Um, But we can't just function in the action part. So luckily we have some um, who function in the other parts more between them all, we can get balance. But I think everybody should be using part of action, part of education, part of prayer and ceremony, whatever that means to you. Mm-hmm. You know, Again, they don't have to be, um, but we do need to not waste time. Time is short. Finally, we've at least accepted that climate change not only is here, but it's advancing so much faster than we ever could have imagined. Um, We don't have a lot of time. You know, I listened to some of the politicians, uh, our own current president, who I think is making some real um, genuine efforts, but he's talking about 2050. That's way too late. Mm -hmm. We don't have that luxury anymore. Sacred sites, we don't have the luxury to take our time. They'll be gone. They're gonna bulldoze them over or turn them into tourist traps or whatever else they're gonna do with them. And and I can do that with any of a social justice. No, we can't keep persecuting people who look different than the main people in any population. So, um, yeah, I, I, I hear you, Vicky. Mm-hmm. I understand your dilemma, but I really think action has to be number one right now. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll balance out as we go
2: along. Yeah, no, I, I, with you on that one, um, Jim, as well. I mean, I look at what's happening with HS2 and the thousands of trees that they are pulling down overnight. I mean, 108 different woodlands. um, And they just won't stop. And it's, you just can't afford to do that. And we can't afford to allow it to happen. They're irreplaceable. Mm. You know, they're just, it's, yeah. So there is no time, there's no time for that sort of thing. Uh, You can't wait till tomorrow because the trees are down tomorrow. They're going to take another 100, 200, 300 years to grow back the way they were. And in the meantime, you've lost uh, an irreplaceable colony of bats. So, um, yes, it is slowly, slowly, but it is also at the same time act now. There's no more... My term, I think I keep saying is there's there's." you just got to get over yourself because there's no more time for me. It's got to be really. Mm -hmm. Um, And that comes to leaving your burdens in the burden basket at the door, isn't it? And as, as Chris, Indra was saying earlier, you know, the camps can be difficult because you bring your own issues, but actually our job of work individually is to deal with our issues. Our job of work together is to be together and to, to move forward in a positive way. And it's our job to make that happen. It's not going to happen by itself.
3: Yeah, I think that's a key point. And then at Standing Rock, uh, it was fascinating because where we were camped, um, next to us were some local people from the reservation. There was some French people on the other side. Um, there were some people from, I think it was the Paul, yeah next to them anyway we had a little un right around us now we couldn't even understand each other's languages but we totally understand what we were there for and yep we just put aside all that other rubbish and we were there as human beings to deal with this issue
0: yeah, yeah no fantastic that kind of balance as well that you talk about of there will be those who um are more involved on the action side of things, and there will be those who are more involved in holding a sacred space. And I kind of also wonder: there's kind of that within all of us. You know, that sometimes we may be more getting involved in the action, yes. and like you talk about the importance of that—that that mm-hmm. reconnecting, recentering around ceremony and prayer, all for ourselves, so we can we can stay mm-hmm. a bit more centered and balanced through the, the the challenges that there are in being involved in these in these movements.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, for me personally, I mean, I was, I shifted into action mode when Standing Rock began, and most of my work was in that. Uh, now I'm shifting back into prayer and ceremony more, but I'm also balancing with my action, and I'm teaching. So it's, yeah, you're right. We have to change our own balance based on the moment, too. So. Hey. Fantastic.
2: So do we have any more questions from the chat?
0: Just scrolling up and down. I'm wanting to make sure that if, as, as well, there's been some people who have replied to uh, to things, just checking those as well. Yeah, so uh, Becky's kind of in response to that pace of uh, needing to move faster than in the 60s. Uh, Becky was saying that she works in the water pollution and plastic and, you know, we didn't have this 20 years ago. So kind of the, the, the there is a need, I, I guess, kind of uh, agreeing with what you were saying there of keeping the, the pace for action um, at the moment. Not not slowing down too much, but kind of recognising, you know, we, we've, we've just been talking there about recognising the balance with it.
4: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think
2: there's a question from Searsha as well about uh, how can we connect with the folks at Pine Ridge? So you're saying with the young, you know, the the, the young people are connecting Ooh. with each other. But how yeah, is that a way that we we can help to build that that connection.
3: I guess once again, well, hmm. it can always be difficult. The best thing is to go to the, uh, um, yeah, tribal office and ask there. Uh, okay, we'd like to connect up with the young people at, to, and see who responds. That's probably the best way. And that that's any reservation, I would say that's the best way.
4: Okay.
3: We've worked with some folks in the Navajo reservation in the past. So, yeah. And I, I'm hoping um, sacred places is, is, to me, something that may help us come together, uh-huh. especially indigenous people. Um, so I'm hoping to start putting that out there as well. Uh, My tribe was the first tribe who passed a climate change emergency resolution here in the States. I brought it to him. The council talked about it and my chief supported it. and So we passed it. I would like to see something done around sacred places, Um, whether they're natural ones, whether they're stone like Stonehenge doesn't matter. Um, So I'm going to try working on some of that because that's something we all have. All cultures have their sacred places
2: yeah that's that's something that we want to focus on as well Mm. i mean i certainly personally have have an idea that if we can coordinate the work we do in sacred sites because then they're not sacred Mm -hmm. for no reason they they hold they hold energy they hold power they hold Mm -hmm. all of the the intent that they've been given over the the thousands of years that they've been what they are and if we can coordinate what we do it's like you know one bang one drum bangs loudly two drums can drum up some magic but mm-hmm. you get a whole circle together and that's where the magic really exists so if we can coordinate what we do and all be in our sacred sites around the world at the same time doing the same thing with the same intent then we pack a punch
3: Yeah, you're absolutely right. We do. And that the circle thing, circle is so critical um, to everything in life and in the universe, actually. And so um, when I was taught doing prayers by many different cultures, including my own um, prominent ones, you would talk about healing the sacred hoop wherever it is broken. That's healing the circle. Well, we need to heal the whole circle as well as our individual circles. So yeah, circle is, is uh, critical. It's the first thing I was taught. Uh, my first book, it's, there's a lot in there about circle because it's what everything is connected to. There's no beginning and no end, the circle. So we wanna continue to work in those circles and realize we're all in one circle. You know, the medicine wheel is made up of different colors, but it's one circle and that's absolutely critical.
0: Oh, absolutely. And what you kind of described there in terms of the well, yeah, in terms of that, bring that together for the sacred sites, and it, it, how that connects with all of the other um, yeah. challenges that we're facing collectively at the moment. You know, they they aren't all separate things, uh, separate issues off. Uh, aside from one another it is the same wounds and the same challenges that there are from one and the other that are leading us to be feeling disconnected to the land and not respecting and appreciating the land to not be respecting and uh, and honoring different peoples um, and also you know for losing our connection to the sacred sites so all of those things all feed in together there So, yeah, it'd be kind of fantastic to continue all of these discussions kind of more in the future and in terms of uh, how we can build and continue your, you know, we've invited you here today to speak to us about the kind of the supporting the um, online campaigns and uh, supporting movements online and, uh, you know, the work that you've been doing there for Standing Rock and all of the other campaigns there. It's been absolutely fantastic to hear about how that's all come about. And, um, you know, this is where we say as well, you know, Jim, you've been a great support for us over the last year in our group building up. So, you know, we're really grateful for all of the support that you've given us. But a big thank you for joining us on here today. Uh, And thank you so much for all of the wisdom and experience that you've shared here with us and everybody.
3: You're very, very welcome. Thank you, guys. And I especially thank all my teachers because we keep passing it down. So let's keep passing it down and and try to add a little to it each time. Beautiful. Thank you.
1: So there you go. You see, it's worldwide. If if you're not aware, Standing Rock is where the evil of the world, the oil companies, um, were trying to put a pipeline through native land and under a river. And previously, in another river... The oil pipe burst and it spent billions of gallons of uh, oil down the river, went right out to the Gulf of Mexico. The HS2, which is in England, is a high-speed train, which they are cutting swathes of forest down to to keep the line straight, which is a bit like the Hamilton City Council and and the Glenview area where they're trying to go through Shaw's bird farm just because of money and then of course there are all those clumps of trees they cut down in Auckland just to build houses or whatever stupid idea because overseas you'll find that there are houses with trees growing through them where they've built the houses round the trees to protect the trees this is Douglas Spotted Eagle and uh, the water is our protector closely followed by Tears for Mother Earth Jim say there that um, worldwide there's lots of prophecies now this this came up, I've just been um, down memory lane looking at some stuff this is a thing I I put up in 2013 Um, but a lot's changed since then this is a um, this is a, a teaching from Abraham, my teacher in 1987 so it's 34 years ago when things were completely different um, Cold War um, nuclear nuclear war seemed to be the, the predominant thing but st- the student says to Abraham it does seem inevitable that we are heading for some kind of a catastrophe is this the time when we give hope Abraham said you have the nail on the head hit this is exactly so What you're doing now is a training period. All of you have jobs to do, to prepare for this time. The burning of the earth will not take place if you are feared by nuclear war. It will be a nature attack. I use that word loosely, but an accident of nature, as so often happens. There will not be the total destruction of the earth's surface. There will be places not totally burned. Your work will truly begin in earnest then. And the student said, Is this the reason for the words nature attack? Yes. It is as if your body is invaded by a disease. What happens? Nature attack. It is the only recourse that the universe has for the universe's survival. It may seem harsh, but is not the way it is more harsh? There is so much... If I were to tell you everything, you would not be able to cope. But I was Abraham in 1987. So, are we the ones we've been waiting for? In the last 34 years have we learnt stuff? The nuclear, nuclear problem seems to have faded somewhat, but we've got global warming, we've got worldwide pandemics, all sorts makes you think where he said all of you have jobs to do to prepare for this time and your work will truly begin in earnest then is it now Gene four now as we said, there was lots of prophecies um, and this is uh, it's a prophecy, but um, this is Rudolf Steiner. now Rudolf Steiner was born in eighteen sixty one and he died in nineteen twenty five so whatever he said then was a long time before now, so more than a hundred years ago, he wrote in the future we will eliminate the soul with medicine. Under the pretext of a healthy point of view, there will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth, so that the human being cannot develop the thought of the, of the existence of soul and spirit. To, to materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity, as today people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease, so in the future children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subject to the madness of spiritual life. He would be extremely smart, but he would not develop a conscience, and that is the true goal of some materialistic circles. With such a vaccine, you can easily make the etheric body loose in the physical body. Once the etheric body is detached, the relationship between the universe and the etheric body will become extremely unstable, and man will become an automon, for the physical body of a man must be polished on this earth by spiritual will. So, the vaccine becomes a kind of aeronomatic force. Man can no longer get rid of a given materialistic feeling. He becomes materialistic of constitution and can no longer rise to the spiritual. So that's more than a 100 years ago. There's no way he could know anything about COVID. Makes us think, hey. So this is Patricia Coder-Rovellis and what does raising our consciousness mean?
5: Hi, precious heart. Thank you for joining us for our weekly vlog. This is a powerful moment, not only for awakened humanity, but also for the rest of humanity, the elemental kingdom and Mother Earth. We are being called to a higher service and we are being presented with the opportunity to change the direction for which this planet and all her life are headed. Time is of the essence, and in order for us to fulfill the divine plan for 2021, we must pay attention and act now. Each of us needs to listen and respond to the inner promptings of our heart. This intuitive inner guidance from our newly integrated I Am Presence is not just random suggestions. It is revealing the greatest need of the hour for the fulfillment of our individual and collective divine plans. We all have very unique life paths, and our inner guidance will reflect those vast differences. However, when we respond to the guidance in the most heart based, positive way, the end result will always be a shift into a higher level of consciousness. For that is the divine intent of our earthly experience and our I AM presence. Today our Father, Mother, God and the company of heaven want to remind us of how vitally important our consciousness is in our ascension process and the creation of the situations and conditions that are manifesting in our lives. Everything, and that means everything, that is occurring in the outer world is a reflection of humanity's consciousness. People around the world are awakening in vast numbers and as they do, they begin to remember that they are responsible for the conditions existing on Earth. Through the universal law of the circle, we have co-created whatever we have expressed through our creative faculties of thought and feeling. Every single thought, feeling, word and action we express is projected onto the atomic substance of physical matter and manifests in physical form. This is always the case, regardless of how oblivious we may be of this profound truth. As our life force flows through us with every holy breath, it picks up the vibrations of our consciousness and then expresses those vibrations Invisible form, experiences, and circumstances. In other words, what we think about, what we put our feelings and energy into, we bring into form. Because of the confusion we have all experienced since our fall from grace, we have given power to physical matter we have actually allowed the distorted manifestation of physical matter to become our reality. When in truth, it is only an illusion created by our beliefs, thoughts, feelings, words, and actions. Now, as people everywhere are awakening, they are beginning to remember that they have co-created what is happening in their life through their various earthly sojourns. They realize with a new level of understanding and clarity that physical matter is nothing more than a mass of atomic energy controlled by their consciousness. Never does matter control consciousness. The world reflects our human consciousness. In the past, we have set about trying to change the physical conditions of the world instead of raising our consciousness. Those conditions are only a reflection of our consciousness. Consequently, trying to change physical conditions without raising our consciousness is like trying to change the reflection in a mirror without changing the object causing the reflection. It is a futile effort. As humanity awakens, our consciousness is rising. At this time, our transfiguration is occurring subtly and deeply at an atomic cellular level. The seed of awareness is growing within us and it is beginning to blaze like the sun. In order to accelerate this process, we are all being encouraged to focus our attention on what we want to empower and co-create in our life and in the world. When we watch the news or read the newspaper, it appears as though much of the planet is spiraling out of control and disintegrating into an abyss of chaos and confusion. Some people feel as though our humble efforts are futile in the face of such powerful adversity. However, our omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent Father, Mother, God, the cosmic I am, all that is, has assured us that nothing could be further from the truth. We are not worthless sinners or worms in the dust. We are beloved sons and daughters of God. And all that our Father Mother God have is ours. We are in the physical plane of Earth at this time to learn how to use our creative faculties of thought and feeling to become co-creators with our God parents, We were given the gift of free will so that we would voluntarily use our thoughts and feelings to co-create new patterns of divinity in the physical world of form, thus expanding the kingdom of heaven on earth. As children of God, we are powerful beyond our knowing. No matter how remote that truth may be from our conscious mind and memory, it is still pulsating in the genetic coatings of our divine potential. All we have to do in order to bring this sacred knowledge to the surface is ask our I Am Presence to reveal to us the truth of who we are and why we are here in order to change what is happening in the outer world. We do not have to do battle with the forces of imbalance by believing in the fear-based consciousness of us versus them. That particular focus of our attention actually interferes with our ability to raise our consciousness and to be the peace-commanding presence. We are being called to be at this time. We must start by knowing that we are all one. There is no such thing as us and them. Every person who is acting out adversely is still a son or daughter of God, regardless of how far that person may be from reflecting that truth in his or her behavior patterns. Consequently, every person on Earth is our divine sister or brother in every sense of the word. We are one with each other and we are also one with every facet of life evolving on Mother Earth. It is imperative for us to remember that every man, woman, and child has an I Am Presence pulsating within their heart flame. As we focus our attention on each person's I Am Presence, that aspect of their divinity will expand and expand, thus influencing their thoughts, feelings, words, and actions in new and constructive ways. This will result in new behavior patterns that reflect the oneness of life and the highest good for all concerned. This week, the company of heaven is standing in readiness, awaiting our divine invitation and the opportunity to help us raise our consciousness by staying focused on our I am presence and the I am presence within every person on earth. This is not a monumental task. It is a deliberate choice and a conscious decision to empower with our thoughts and feelings only the divinity within ourself and each other and every person on earth I promise you once you get into the habit of doing that it is much easier than you might envision at this moment God bless you precious heart I look forward to being with you next week
1: I am Barry being the voice within Ka namaste, shalom As-salam may your God go with you